Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? It's Friday, unless you listen to this on Thursday or any other day, in which case it's not Friday, but it's Fuck supposed to be Friday. As far as we're concerned, it's Friday, right? It's not. It's, it's Thursday. Not. But we're saying, for the purposes of this, it's Friday. <laughs> Whether you are in the future listening to this, you future cunt, right? Fucking... <laughs> Walks in about all snobby because you think it, you're better. You? Yeah. Oh yeah. Lording it over oh, the rest of us. Laughing, laughing at us because we're in the past. Because <laughs> right? we've already uh, happened. Yeah, fucking exactly. Cunt. We haven't got all the fucking. You've probably got a fucking iPhone twenty. You can't. Say they probably brand their iPhone XX. <laughs> oh yeah, I've got the new iPhone XX. It's as big as my fucking thumb, but it does everything. <laughs> Fuck off, cunt. So if you're there in the fucking future being a smug cunt, right, and it's fucking Tuesday, or even worse, in the future they've invented a new day, which I wouldn't put past them to try and, as capitalism and neoliberalism gets fucking fully out of control, the next thing you know, Andy, they'll be inventing an extra fucking day so they can get us to work more in their fucking sweatshops, right? They'll they'll rejig the calendars and Mm. time. And everything, they'll add another six hours, they'll round it up to 30 yeah. hour days. Yeah, and they'll, and it, you'll have a new fucking day, and it'll be called something yeah. like Power Power Day, or yeah. something really cunty. They'll but have, it'll only be eight have, hours long. They'll have paid an ad agency, like, you know, a billion pounds to come up with the name for it, over yeah. a four-year research period, right? And they've come up with, like, like we like it, it's Power Day, it's fresh, it's modern, <laughs> it's it sounds good getting... And the best thing is, it'll make the masses believe that it's something good rather than bad. Right? So there you are on Power Day. I just want you to know, you future cunt, right? Listen, it's fucking Friday. And if you don't like it, stop listening right now. Listen to one of your future time podcasts, right? Presented by our sons, fucking Len and Oliver, right? Whatever the fuck they're up to on their fucking (laughs) podcast, right? (laughs) Fuck off. If you don't like our date, <coughs> oh, <coughs> I'm choking. Oh, Sounds been killed choking, by the future. I'm choking on a seed. <coughs> it's a raspberry seed. It's over. I made myself a smoothie with some frozen fruits in the forest. <coughs> <coughs> and now it's killing me. Anyway, you get the point, you future cunt. You know, Fucking we were just, we were lord, saying. Um, lord it over us. And you're stuck there with your fucking power day. We're here with a traditional seven-day week. Yeah. Everything's all right here for now. Yeah, old That's fucking what? school. This is when we did... We're recording this back in the days when men were men. Yeah. <laughs> Except us choking on raspberry Except seeds while they record uh, podcasts in their homes. Now, I was at pains to say that it was frozen fruits of the forest because 
on a very recent fruit-based podcast, I said that I was quite strict about only having fruits that were in season because yeah. I didn't like fruits that have been flown around the world. Yeah. I don't I don't know when raspberry season is, but October doesn't feel like it's a raspberry not, time. It's not October, no. Yeah. So just know these are frozen fruits. Right, hang right? on. Before Stop you there. start writing in. Yeah, hang on. Where were the raspberry sauce from that were frozen? Does it say on the bag? Those, mate. Fucking oh, I could go and get it. Don't know. Could go and get it now. I'm not going to. No. But I'd like you to afterwards. The, the, the truth is, although there is an environmental sort of consideration at play with my, um, mm. with my insistence on seasonal fruits, the main reason is, is that it's to do with quality. And if you don't get seasonal fruits, then they will usually be quite flavourless, right? Yeah. Fruit and vegetables. Because they've had to be transported over a long distance. They've had to be chilled at very low temperatures for long periods. Yeah. It ru- it ruins the flavour. So, but with frozen fruits, it's not such a big issue, right? Because I'm frozen putting them in a sauce. smoothie. Yeah, they're frozen sauce. I'm putting them in a smoothie, blending them all up. Do you know what I mean? Chucking on the seeds. Checking on the seeds. If it was a fresh raspberry that I was perhaps having in a bowl with maybe some single cream on, if I was yeah. feeling like exotic, yeah, I, I would insist upon seasonal British raspberries. And that's not racist yeah. before you start writing in, right? I just prefer raspberries that have been picked close to my home. If only the um, if only the Extinction Rebellion man who stood on top of the train at Canning Town this morning had given a, a lecture on raspberries, that might have ended better for him. Or maybe Fucking not. Fucking hell. What did I say recently about Canning Town? And that's I made remember. me eat my words as well, because I was saying all the older guys at West Ham, they all talk about separate areas oh, of yeah. East London as yeah. if they're separate countries. And yeah. I always think, ah, bit weird. Like, you, you're literally, like, practically neighbours, but you're talking about them like they live in a different continent. But the one they talk about with the most, what should I say, not reverence, but just a sense of sort of awe is Canning Town. They go, well, yeah. you know what he's like. You know what people from Canning Town are like. I mean, Canning Town's fucking mad. I mean, they're like they're a different <laughs> breed. It's like a different species in Canning Town. And I was saying, Canning Town. What the fuck are you on about? It's just Canning Town. It's just down the road, isn't and it? This morning, right? But that's that because was... I'm not from the East End, so I don't understand the nuances properly. So was, that, was that Canning Town in all its glory this morning then? Basically, as soon as I heard Extinction Rebellion had gone to court, disrupt things in Canning Town, I thought, Fuck. this is going to end really fucking badly. Right? Extinction Rebellion. As far as I understand, Canning Town is also one of the last few remaining areas of East London that hasn't been fucking gentrified by a bunch of hipsters, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I might be wrong about that. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure it still remains pretty Canning Townish. Right, and it so certainly the poor old this morning from that footage I saw, they weren't they weren't going to tolerate the hippies. I don't understand. I mean, there was a, there's been a big discussion, borderline row on my West Ham WhatsApp group today. Of course, because people have seen this and reacted in different ways, and some people yeah. were going, "I fucking hate them." The 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 you know this is typical. This sums them up, and then, but no one said they don't believe in the cause. Pretty mm. much everyone's going, oh, of course I believe in the cause. I'm not, like, stupid. I don't fucking mm. not believe in global warming. But these people are a bunch of cunts because they're a bunch of hippies. And if they turn up in Canning Town, what do they expect? And mm. I, you know, but I personally, I didn't want to get too involved in it because, you know, I didn't want to get... Things can escalate. Next thing you know, you've got industrial limb owner in your boat race, right? <laughs> but, 
But I just sort of... <laughs> is, that, sort of is that from previous experience? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's why I look like this. But, <laughs> but I just think, on the one hand, I think, yeah, if they are a bit... Like, obviously, you see them fucking dancing about and being all stupid like hippies, and you think, yeah, I wouldn't probably want to hang around with these people. But fair play to them. You know, they're out there protesting and putting in the hard yards to fucking do us all mm. a favour. That said, I do think, what the fuck were you doing in Canning Town? Yeah. Westminster, yes. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you know, areas of big industry, go and lobby big fucking companies, whether it's BP or any of these other polluting companies that you read about in the newspaper, right? But what the fuck has Canning Town done? Well, that's it. Don't they're go banned. to Canning Town. They're, they're, they're banned from the centre of London now, so they've had to go out to the fridges, and they've gone to Canning Town. fucking idiots in charge of it. We, we can't go. We can't go to central London. Anyone got any other ideas? There's a place called Cannon Town. Let's go it and disrupt the quilt. Yes, let's go and corrupt. Let's go and disrupt the local commuters there. Oh, yes, good. And we can play our bongo drums and do our tribal dancing. People may find this entertaining. We might convert a few people. Do some yoga. Like, Mates, lads, I'm, fu- I'm just trying to get to fucking work, right? I'm trying to get to work. Please get out of my fucking way. If I don't get to work, I don't get paid. If I don't get exactly. paid, my kids don't get fed. I'm not driving exactly. a car to work or anything, so, you know. Exactly. So that was the argument that was going on my WhatsApp, and it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I'm all for Extinction Rebellion, but yeah. I don't know whether that this shows a bit of strategic naivety because shit like that is only going to turn the ordinary person against you. Yeah. And really what you need is to be converting loads of people. They'd be better off, like, you know, all wearing sort of suits and looking like bank managers, to be honest. Well, that one was, wasn't he, on the top of the train this morning? He was all suited up. Oh, sort yeah. Of. But did you see the footage of the woman who glued herself to somewhere on the DLR? She glued herself to a platform or something. Well, and that's it, another idea and, they've and, nicked off West Ham. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And a crowd <laughs> had gathered round her, and the crowd were all asking her, how did you get here today? And she couldn't answer them. <laughs> <laughs> did you come on the train? Did you come in a car? What's <laughs> how did you get here? Loads of people. Someone super themselves to the BBC, didn't they? There's a lot of super and that is... And if you haven't listened to one of our sister pods, A Casual Chat with Kaz, which is presented by Kaz Pennant, who's a remarkable man who's led a remarkable life, and he interviews various different people. In fact, it's not all football-related by any means, but one of his uh, recent ones, which is coming up on season three, he interviewed um, uh, West Ham legend Frank McAvenny. Who, who you should be interested in whether you're a West Ham fan or not because there's a man who has had an extraordinary life and of course the man who conjured the classic ah oh, it's just a wee bit of Charlie when he got <laughs> collared at Glasgow airport with a wrap in his pocket yeah that's what he said to the old Bill anyway he did hear him he did loads of people but it was Kaz Pennant who as I understand it originally super glued himself to something in protest it was when he it was a he'd, furniture he'd bought, store wasn't it yeah he'd bought a sofa and the sofa What's the word? It started to um, perish yes. after just a couple of months. And so he, he went back to Sofa Shop and asked for a refund and they gave him the old, read the small print, mate. I think it was a South <laughs> yeah. London. Uh, <laughs> it was a South London dodgy furniture shop. And they got, <laughs> oh yeah, foam coming out already, is it? That's a shame. Read the fucking small print, pal. <laughs> Which is a ballsy thing to say to a man like Kaz Pennant. Yeah. Um, and Pat Kaz said, yeah, I was worried you might say something like that. And he very calmly produced one of those quite small 
tubes that you get in a hardware shop of super fucking strong super glue and just very <laughs> calmly and slowly put a line of this glue along his gigantic forearm. He's a big bloke, isn't he? he and is. then just pressed his forearm to the counter. Then calmly your removed move. his... Yeah, your move, motherfucker. Then he got his mobile phone out and called the local paper and said, you might want to send a photographer down to the high street. There's a commotion. The There's a commotion in the sofa shop. <laughs> And he got, a, and he got a refund. Obviously, we don't condone that kind of behaviour, but we completely condone that kind of behaviour. Yeah, it's great. I mean, so I, I don't think I've got the balls. But after Kaz first told me that story many years ago, and I shared it with my mates, we all became ob- obsessed with supergluing ourselves to things. <laughs> so a common one was when you're on an away day, you do the old. I mean, you're obsessed. you're a man of you're a man o trains, aren't you? You're a man o um, trains like Portillo. And, you know, it's like that. We were talking about the other day, like, it gets really rammed. It gets ram-packed. packed is the official and word, you yeah. ju- And you just go into first class. And, of course, when you're on football away days, you do that almost as a matter of course. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You get on the train and you just automatically go into the first class carriage. Yeah. And think, hopefully no one will give us any shit. <laughs> but the... Um, but the, the best thing to do in a first-class carriage, if you don't have a ticket and you're worried they're going to eject you, is just mm. superglue yourself super to yourself it. Superglue yourself to it, yeah. Yeah. Any, any given situation works. where, you, you know... Well, the ticket guy comes around, he goes, I see your tickets. You give him your ticket, and then he mm. goes, oh, hang about, this, is, um, this isn't the right ticket, you're second class. And you go, oh, sorry mm. about that. And he goes, you're going to have to move. And I go, you go, sorry, I, I can't. I've, I, before I realised that I was in the wrong carriage... Yeah. I superglued myself to it, so yeah, it's what I do. Say, yeah, sorry, yeah. I mean, you could have you could have tickets for like, uh, let's say, Paul McCartney, uh, but all you could afford were the tickets right at the back, the really cheap seats that are only ninety quid. You really wanted the four hundred quid seats, but you mm. couldn't afford them. Go in early when the doors open, sit down in the front row, superglue yourself to the armrest. There you go. What are they going to do? Is is Paul McCartney playing soon, mate? No. Okay. I use that as an example of an expensive ticket I bought once. But just just let me know if he does. Well, you got an issue with him? <laughs> no, I don't want to go and fucking fight Paul McCartney. Sounds like it. I do not. <laughs> I wouldn't fight Paul McCartney. I reckon he's quite handy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he is, but I reckon he could beckon people that would be very, very you, quickly. What, what about Ringo? Do you reckon he's hard? Nah, not at all, no. John Lennon reckoned he was hard, but he he was actually... He was a bit. He was a cunt, wasn't he? Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, he was probably one of them fellows who reckons he's hard, but he's not. Yeah, he's fucking full of himself, he was bl- wasn't he? Blind as a bat, basically, so he wouldn't be able to see what he was fighting. Yeah, blind cunt. So, you can't see where I'm coming from. Yeah. So I what we're saying Ringo, is, Ringo's had enough kickings in his life while shit based <laughs> on brandy that he doesn't care anymore. <laughs> he's one of those. He goes, Yeah. Uh, well, I wouldn't say I was hard as such, but I will say that I know how to take a good kicking. Which is a type of hardness, said Thomas. <laughs> it's a type wanna, of hardness. Why do you want to get Nita Paul McCartney? What's that about? I uh, know. I just I'd like to see him in concert one time oh, right. before, okay. before he drops dead. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's why I went last year. That was basically it. Yeah, I just want to see him do Live and Let Die, don't I? Yeah. Live, and then oh, I can there was fuck explosions. Off. There was explosions yeah. doing Live and I've Let Die. I've seen it on telly when he does explosions. Yeah. I walk in. I'll go do Live and Let Die. 
So as soon as he'd done it, I'd go, right, that's it, I'm off. Right, I'm in the front <laughs> row, I've super glued myself to the armrest. If you can just do live and let die first, I'll fuck off. <laughs> oh, all right then. <laughs> Lads, change the set list. Fab. <laughs> so what we've agreed is is that George is not only the best looking and nicest of the Beatles, he was also the hardest. Well, we've just agreed that because we didn't mention him, because he's dead. But yeah. um, but then so is John. Yeah, so, so is you know. John. So I'm is going, John. Speaking of the Beatles, tonight, Thursday, by the time mm. this comes out, I'll have been, I'm going to talk by the author Mark Lewison, who's written massive biographies of the Beatles. And really? he's doing a tour where he talks for, about Abbey Road, the album, for two hours. Oh, yeah, there's and a the lot of sound stuff about Abbey Road and, at the moment, And, and lots there? of, like, new facts and things, so I'm going to that tonight. Oh, Cannot Abbey wait. Road facts. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Abbey Road facts. Fact one. <laughs> Abbey Road is the name of an album and a street. <laughs> it is the only known album that is named after a street. Fact two. Abbey Road isn't just a road. It has pavements on either side. <laughs> Fact three. The, the picture of Abbey Road on the cover of Abbey Road is in fact not Abbey Road. <laughs> no, hang on. It is. It is Abbey Road. <laughs> Sorry, yes. But it Ignore would be, fact three. It would be a great fact, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> we should do that. Send us your facts that aren't facts. <laughs> like when I said an ox can't dream. That was a good one. That was a good made-up act. Yeah. Send us your best made-up acts. Do top fives. Well, do, then, send us your top five not facts that aren't facts. And facts we'll that aren't them, factual. We'll, we'll steal them mm. and put them in next year's live show. Yeah. Right, um... Some f- it's Friday. Uh, We've had some stuff that's come in. Oh, uh, we asked oh. for... What, are you still recording? Has it gone off? Yeah. No, I just... When you said feedback, I got nervous. No, because your recording's been going off, hasn't it? Are we still... No. Are we still we're at intact? the moment, we're all right. We're all right okay. at the moment, okay. yeah. Uh, we asked for uh, neighbour nicknames, things that you call your neighbours oh. when you don't know their real names. Yeah. Uh, just a few from the Twitter... Uh, Gareth Barker says, not so much neighbour nicknames, but when I used to get a very early bus to work, there was only ever a few of the same people on it. That's another good scenario as well. People you see on the commute every day. Commute you don't people. Know their names. Yeah, yeah, you've got nicknames to them as well. Uh, two of them used to get on at my stop, a man and a woman. I named them Man's Haircut and <laughs> Flat Cat Poirot. So there we are. So I'm assuming he called the woman Was Man's, Man's haircut, haircut, I think, yeah. Yeah. That reminds me, I used to give nicknames to people on holiday when I used to go all-inclusive. And one of them was uh, called Nightwig. And she was just cheery because she just wore a wig at night. You'd see her by the pool during the day with regular hair. And then at night, she'd go out for drinks in the bar. Wig on. Really? Yeah. Brazen. Well, I think it shows shows a lot of commitment to glamour. Nothing wrong with it. It's no different to wearing a hat or a pair of glasses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ryan Blackadder says, neighbour names uh, Mr. and Mrs. Long Drive. They've got to drive long enough for four cars, but they park on the road and fuck the street up instead. Oh, the cunts. Yeah. And what are they also, doing with their drive then? Why don't they? I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of that goes on around my way as well. Fucking if I idiot. had a drive, I'd always park in it. Get on your fucking drive. That's what it's for. Yeah. And Mr. Cunt and his white wife. Um, he says, <laughs> he says both of them are white, so I'm not sure how this started. Fair right. enough. <laughs> uh, one more, uh, Aidy Womersley, 
uh, neighbour nickname. As a kid, we had a few neighbours who used to get really angry when we kicked the football in their gardens and went to get it. The other couple were Mean Jean and Mario. Mario wasn't Italian, he just looked like Super Mario. There we are. <laughs> We've had so in. many neighbours nicknames. I mean, that's just scraping the surface. They're just from the Twitter. Yeah. Have you got some of the emails there? Uh, yeah, well, there's a couple of uh, historical ones. Oh, yeah, Dad's story. So this is actually original Stray Man. I was out having dinner with him and uh, Stray Woman, his wife, nice. and they both have really good, strong dad stories. So I said, listen, I'll forget these. Email them over. Nice. Um, so they came through the other day. Um, drunk dad on a roof story. This is Stray Man grew up in Halifax, which I've mentioned before, and his dad, who's no longer with us, was Irish, mm. and... Not pandering stereotypes, but from what I can tell, he did like a drink of an evening. Anyway, it's a drunk dad on a roof story. He says, my mum and dad were a strange couple. She's teetotal. He was a pisshead. One night he came back from the pub and for reasons best known to himself, he decided to climb onto the half roof that juts out from our living room. You know the (laughs) sort, don't you? I think it's the flat sort. Uh, Beneath their bedroom. My mum was in bed and heard this tip-tapping on her window. She thought she'd imagined it, but there it was again. She pulls back the curtains and jumped out of her skin. There he is, smiling and waving. She literally screamed aloud, waking the whole house. When she went down to open the door, she found my dad's shoes and socks neatly placed on the doorstep and him struggling to negotiate his way down from the roof. From the half roof. Why is he taking his shoes and socks off so he can climb like a monkey? Yeah, yeah. He goes. He had. A, he had a form for this. He had form for this kind of thing. Another time, I was woken by someone chucking stones at my window. I called my mum. She said, "It'll be some hooligan." And then she pulled back the curtains. It's your father. <laughs> I think he was hoping to. I think he was hoping that I would sneak him in somehow without her noticing. So two different approaches to coming home drunk. One, yeah. you try to sneak past your wife. The other one, you do the opposite, climb up on the roof and try to scare her. Brilliant. Jalapeño. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. Would you like more from your Top Flight Time Machine experience? If so, subscribe now to the Iron Filing Society, our Patreon subscription thing, which will only cost you three quid plus VAT each month. Sam, tell them what you get. You get an exclusive episode of uh, one of the deep dives, which at the moment 
is the Melchester Odyssey in which we go through the whole of the 80s annual of uh, Roy the Rovers. You get your Kevin Keegan deep dives a week in advance. You get all your other episodes, usually a good eight hours before the other cunts who can't and be bothered th- forking out. all of those advert free as well. Free of adverts such as fucking this one. And you get the knowledge that you're helping to contribute towards this podcast continuing. Because if we don't get enough subscribers, we're fucking it off. Yeah, just remember, we don't do this for the fun. So go to tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings to find out more. And subscribe at patreon.com slash machine. Fucking do it. Three quid. You can't fucking go wrong. Red Hot Contents. The, the other one is is Joe's dad. This is Stray Woman's dad. Um, and he's got this eye for a bargain. And he read online, I really like this one, he read online that one of the supermarkets was doing a special offer, right? If you spend £70, you got mm. 40% off on a bottle of wine. Nice. Right? I love uh, a bargain. That sounds like a really good deal. Okay. So he uh, he was so excited by this that he went straight online but he couldn't be asked to tot up £70 in bits and bobs. I think he sort of goes, he leaves the shopping to his wife. So he right. didn't really know his way around the supermarket or the supermarket or, website or, or, or how or to how spend £70. Pounds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he thought he couldn't be asked to tot up £70 in bits and bobs. So he just ordered seven bags of pasta at £10 each. He Fucking didn't consider what? He didn't consider that £10 was a lot for a bag of pasta <laughs> or how big the bags might actually be. Sucks. Sacks of pasta. When they arrived, they were huge, <laughs> like sacks of pasta. There was so much pasta, they had to store it in another room, forever known since as the pasta room. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just to get 40% off a fucking bottle of wine. Right. <laughs> fucking hell. 40% off. I'll have some of that. Right. Sainsbury's. Right. Type it in. Dot com. Right. I've got to spend 70 quid. Double quick. Ah, uh, fuck it. Pa- how much is pasta? Perfect. You always need pasta. £10 a bag. Great. Seven bags. That'll oh, feed fuck. us for about a week. He had like a year's worth of pasta. Oh, That's man. A- we'll list that under the category of um, when bargains go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> What's for tea today? Pasta again. Only that wine left to go with it. No, it's all gone. <laughs> Fucking hell. Apparently, apparently they, every time anyone goes round to the house, he offers them pasta, like yeah. to take home with them. Do you want some pasta? Yeah. Take some pasta, pasta. and you can have it for dinner. No, you're all right. Fucking take some. <laughs> they open the door and the pasta falls out and stuff. <laughs> pasta room. It's not gone uh, off or anything. It's fine. Uh, I've got a couple of other stories to report from real life. Oh, okay. Um, I, I don't know why it tickled me. It might tickle you. It might tickle the cunts. I don't know. But I've been chuckling about it all week. We were sitting around the dinner table and my daughter asked my son, Len, um, if he'd ever cried during a film. She was talking about a film. I can't remember which one that she'd cried in. And he said, yeah, once. And she went, what was it in? And he went, in that film, Johnny. And she went, Johnny, I don't know that film. He goes, yes, you do. You watched it with me. There's loads of them. It was the fourth one. Johnny Four and she said I can't remember what happened he went it was the one where his mate got punched by the Russian and dropped dead and she went do you mean Rocky and he was like oh yeah that's it (laughs) and he thought he he thought that the the Rocky franchise was in fact the Johnny franchise Johnny One Johnny Johnny Two Johnny Three Johnny Four and of course Johnny Balboa 
and uh, but it was a, it, it reminded me of Baz Luhrmann because there's always conflict between my wife and I on what films the kids should and shouldn't be allowed to watch. Yeah. But you got to remember when I was a kid, right? I had three older brothers, and there was martial law where we lived. And at the bottom of the road, there was a record shop called Spinning Discs mm. that sold re- records. It was sort of mainly kind of like a f- f- sort of bit of a throwback kind of um, rock and roll type place from my memory. Right. But it also sold pirate videos out the back. And you had to ask the geezer, right, what have you got? Mm. And I don't know, some of them were of an adult nature, but a lot of them were like 80s (laughs) video nasties, like I Spit on Your Grave, for example. And these fucking films, right, whether they be horror films or violent films or even films that weren't particularly, they were nowhere near video nasties but they were fucking thoroughly inappropriate for like a seven-year-old boy right Mm. so things like quadrophenia where there was a lot of fighting and swearing and drug taking and you know having sex down bin alleys and all the rest of it right and and then and then like some really mad shit and my brothers would just watch it my mum would go out in the evening and leave them to babysit and they'd have their mates around and they'd sit around they're teenagers or whatever they'd sit around drinking smoking drugs and watching these fucking mad films and i would never get sent to bed because i don't know they just you know they weren't they couldn't be bothered sending me to bed right they weren't asked right and so i'd sit there with all their mates just watching these fucking mad films right and i suppose looking back some of the shit i saw probably was a bit traumatic but Mm. i don't remember crying or anything but as a result of that when we sit down to watch films together as a family here i'll say something like like, for instance, Die Hard, right? Mm-hmm. I'll go, let's watch Die Hard. And my wife looks at me, who grew up in a, let's say, slightly more stable environment, right? <laughs> she looks at me like I've said, let's put on a fucking snuff movie, right? <laughs> and I go, ah, it's fucking Bruce Willis. I mean, yeah, there's violence, but it's cartoon violence. It's not like fucking horrible being stabbed to death and shit like that. It's just fucking silly machine guns. She thinks I'm fucking insane. So anyway, that's an ongoing thing, and I'm sure there'll be cunters out there who have similar problems in well, within I, their family. I, I watched Die Hard when it was on on ITV a couple of years ago, and I remember thinking as it came on, "Oh, I might show the kids this sometime." Yeah, Die Hard, yeah, isn't it? brilliant. Yeah, it's fucking hard, hard stuff. Yeah, I mean, well, that that's almost like the point of this story is that I think I'm not saying I'm right, and my wife's wrong. You're misremembering it's, of co- it. Of, of course, it's the other way around. She is right. Okay, because I bore her. Well, well, when I was their age, I'd seen spit on your grave like five times. <laughs> didn't do me any harm. Didn't yeah. do me any harm. I'm just a fucking nutter who fucking does a podcast with my mate and talks about my <laughs> testicles. Right? That was to show the kids die hard. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> so, I said, let's watch Rocky. This is about a year and a half ago. So, poor old Len would have only been like five and a half or something. I said, let's watch Rocky. She was not into the idea. We went back and forth, and in the end, I played, oh, stop it, fuck's sake. Stop being so tight. It's fucking Rocky, Rocky 4. It's not. It's like the silly one where it got kind of cartoonish. They'll love yeah. it. So I put it on, or Johnny, as we should always henceforth course, yeah. call it. I put Johnny on Johnny 4. Four. <laughs> I put on Johnny 4. It starts great, right? I don't know if you remember, but in one of the opening scenes, Johnny has bought... Um, who's his really annoying cunt brother-in-law? Paulie. Paulie. He's bought Paulie a it's fucking robot. robot. Yeah, he's bought him a robot <laughs> butler for his birthday, yeah. right? So, obviously, Len 
Len's thinking, yeah, this is a fucking good film, this. I like it. I'm settling down for this. This is wicked. It's about, a couple of, it's about a couple of lads who live together in an awesome rig with a robot butler. Hey, uh, uh, fucking count me in. Take a note. Then fucking Dolph Lundgren turns up and he's like, yeah, this is pretty good. Right, this bloke seems like a bit of a cunt. Hopefully he's going to get a hiding at some point. Right. Then Apollo Creed... Comes out of retirement, still good. Then the fight starts and fucking James Brown's there singing Living in America, yeah. right, with all the fanfare and that. Great and then stuff, you're like, yeah. this is brilliant. That's one of the best scenes you can ever see, the bit with James Brown. <laughs> and then Apollo comes up dressed in the Stars and Stripes, dancing with his top hat on, right? Yeah. Yay! These Johnny films are great, Dad. I know, right? I fucking love Apollo. He's the best. I like him even more than Johnny. Yeah, Apollo's great, son. <laughs> anyway, watch this. It gets really good in a minute. Fucking fight starts, and the fight is more brutal than you remember, even before yeah. the bad bit. And I mean, oh yeah, actually, maybe Anna was right. There is quite graphic violence in in the Johnny films. And then, obviously, he punches him in the head in slow mo. Apollo Creed goes down. The wife runs in the ring. The doctor looks up, shakes his head. Len says, "Is he okay?" I say. Because I think there's no getting around it. The entire <laughs> plot of this movie is based around the fact that Dolph Lundgren has just killed Johnny's best mate, right? Did it? Have I misremembered it? Or does Apollo's head not come clean off his shoulders and roll across the <laughs> ring? <laughs> yeah, that's what happens, yeah. It flies off. <laughs> it makes a noise like that. It sort of makes a whistling noise. And it lands in the lap of Johnny. And Johnny starts crying. We should do a deep dive into Johnny Four, right? Ah, <laughs> oh, fucking hell! He's knocked his head clean off. I'm fucking fuming. I'm fuming about this. Then he right. got a bug. <laughs> and anyway, I thought I can't lie because in a lot of things you lie. You go, ah, oh, no, he's fine. But the whole fucking—it's the catalyst for the whole film—is that he has killed Johnny's best mate. Yeah. So I've gone. Now he's dead. He's dead. Yeah. Apollo's Sorry, dead. Son. Len's face, it was one that's just thinking about it now makes me want to cry. His face, you know when a face, a child's face breaks into yeah. tears. It just, yeah. it crumpled, right? Mm. It just crumpled. And he wasn't crying a bit. He was crying really badly, like really badly. And like Anna's obviously looking at me. Told you so. All, all smug. Dickhead. Right, dickhead. And I'm like, oh, fucking hell. So put, I switched the then. film off. Come on then, put our son back together now. Yeah. So I cuddled him, I put the film off, we put on fucking, I don't know, bloody Shrek pick. 2. Fucking Shrek 2, the best one, because it's the got one with the fucking puss in boots in, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious. I mean, puss in boots is in the, the subsequent films as well, but in the second one, he has much more well, of a prominent appears, role. Yeah. And he's very funny. Yeah. Anyway... Um, actually, speaking of that, the, he got his own standalone movie in the Shrek universe. Oh, yeah. Puss in Boots got his own standalone movie, which is fucking hilarious, and yet it disappeared without trace. They never made a sequel it. or anything. It's it really fucking good? really funny. Really, right, really funny. Seek that out tonight. Anyway, um, so that was that. And so it brings back bad memories, Len's encounter with the Johnny movies, but... I think the edge is taken off the sadness by him misremembering that the one of the most famous franchises in the history of cinema is Johnny. 
do you know what the um you know what the lyrics to the Rocky theme is, don't you? What? Rocky one, Rocky two, <laughs> Rocky three, Rocky four, Rocky five, uh, Rocky six. And then they stopped doing them after that. You missed out Rocky Balboa. I think Rocky Six no, is Rocky, Rocky Balboa. Six. Yeah, but that doesn't sound, mm. it doesn't scan as good. Rocky Five, Rocky Balboa. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because it's Johnny um, now, so you got to sing it as Johnny. Yeah, oh, well, we've done that one before, and it's a fucking really good uh, get-in-touch subject. It is, uh, what, what are the, is the what are your What are your lyrics to lyricless theme songs? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Because my favourite, I did Grandstand years ago, and it went like this. Mum loves sport, but, but dad loves sport, but, but auntie loves sport. We all love sport. Boom. Brother likes sport. <laughs> Sister loves sport. Cousin loves sport. We all love sport. Boom, 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 boom. We love to watch sport on a Saturday afternoon. We love to watch Grandstand. We love to watch Grandstand. Except at one forty till two fifteen when it's the equestrian, who gives a fuck? Uh, and anyway, it's bollocks. I didn't like to watch Grandstand because there's all shit sport on it, and yeah. I just wanted to watch the football. I tell you what, though, if it came back, you'd sit through it, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. Jesus now. Christ! Yeah, it's more. It's more my speed now. I'm a forty-four year old, but when I was like a teenager. I was living life fast. I was yeah. flying by the seat of my pants. I yeah. wanted action all the time. And, you know, Des, uh, not Des Lynham. Who did it? Steve Ryder just wasn't cutting the mustard for me. Yeah. But now I'll watch highlights of any know. sport. I, do you feel that the Britpop era was the death knell for Steve Ryder? Because things changed. New Labour mm. were on the rise. Everyone was drinking Caffrey's. Um, Eltel was in charge of the England team. Oasis versus Blur for the number one spot. And Steve Ryder suddenly looked like a fucking dinosaur. He touch, didn't he? He, amiable, he did. Amiable, but a musty old relic. Yeah, he was a relic of the old school. He tried Stop to grow relevant. his hair. He tried to get a feathered sort of, you know, Liam yeah. hairstyle, but it just didn't sit right with his sort of, for... with his John Lewis menswear range. He, he just he wasn't once, right. He once wore the round sunglasses didn't he like john john lennon style yeah he got a, he got a massive oversized anorak yeah and he once i remember once it was actually embarrassing but he he once presented live badminton from the commonwealth games but he was sat at his desk but he had a can of red stripe in his hand oh, that he was swigging hell. from and i was thinking mate you're trying too hard Incredibly right gone yeah. yeah you're trying too hard right we all love living in the Britpop era but you're making a cunt out of yourself. It's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. It's not for cunts some like of us you. C- some of us could keep up. Some of us couldn't. Steve Ryder couldn't. Stay in your fucking lane, Ryder. <laughs> hey, talking of sports, should we yeah. do some football predictions before we go? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, Wolves versus Southampton. 2-1. No, so you're not, not doing the high, high press. press there. I was sitting no. right back there, wasn't I? Yeah, on the counter-attack. Uh, Wolves Southampton, I'm going to say 2-0 to Wolves. Result spot for all of these, of course, says 1-0. I'll go first this one. Chelsea versus Newcastle, I reckon 3-0 to Chelsea. Sam? 2-0. 2-0. Manchester United versus Liverpool. 
Oh, nil three. Fucking hell! I'm going to see. Big call from Delaney. Yeah, I reckon one one that one. Oh no way, man! Liverpool are gonna fucking blow them away. New, like man, you are sitting pretty, ready for a fucking absolute annihilation at the we hands of Liverpool. See. We will see. And then onto our own teams, Wickham Wanderers versus Sunderland under our new manager, Phil Parkinson, who was appointed this morning. Oh, I thought you were going to say Phil Parks for a minute. He would have been a great appointment. Maybe he'll be next. Phil Parks used to have a sports shop called Parksy's on the Oxbridge Road, right? And me and my mate after school sometimes would just call it up. (laughs) (laughs) Because he was, this was at a time when he was still West Ham's goalkeeper. And we would just call up. We'd go, yeah, no. They'd go, hello, Parksies. And I'd go, we'd, go, we'd both be on the line. Or like, yeah. we'd be on separate phones in the same house, you know. Yeah. And we'd be like, hello, is Phil there? Sorry, Phil, Phil Parks? No, Phil's not in the uh, in the shop most days. Oh, right. Can I help you with anything? Um, no, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd Classic do that pranking. like... Like three, four times. But it wasn't a prank. We were hoping they'd say, yes, Phil Parks is in the shop. And then what would you on, do? You have to speak on, Wednesdays, on Wednesdays, he doesn't train with West Ham. He comes <laughs> here to do stock checks. <laughs> and they go, oh, Phil, Phil, there is someone on the phone. Fa- there are two 12-year-old boys on the phone for That's you. They said, they, have an in- they said they have inquiries. He come in and go, hello, Phil Parks here. <laughs> I imagine speaking like Jeff Capes. Exactly. Hello. Because he looked like a caveman, didn't he? Yeah. Phil Parks here. How can I help you? <laughs> Is it a sportswear inquiry? <laughs> uh, hello, Phil. Hello, Phil Parks. It's me, Sam, and his friend, Ollie. Uh, come on, you irons. Is what? <laughs> hey. <laughs> come on, you irons. Go. What do you think the score will be on Saturday? I'll be playing Watford. What is this? I'm in a place of work. I'm retailing sportswear. This is not this is not a forum to just discuss football. Yeah. What's what's John Nile like in real life? Anyway, bike. <laughs> but it yeah. never happened, he was never there. No. Anyway, Phil Parkinson, good solid boss, knows his way around the lower leagues. Yeah, uh, so. good good appointment, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Uh two want to wick him, I reckon, tomorrow. Uh is it at Wickham? It's at Wickham. One all. One one. All right. The Sunderland scoreline. Uh, Everton versus West Ham. You can go first. Nil two. <laughs> Don't know why that's funny. We um, beat them last Marco season Silver, at their place. Marco Silva's due a win, I think. But I think it'll be two one Everton. Sorry. Finally, results. Box team Millwall. Brentford versus Millwall. Oh, I could go to that. Will you though? Brentford Millwall, uh, three, no, two nil Brentford. Come on, you would bees. You, would you dare to go knowing what, what? they're known? Well, what they're known now about your Achilles heel? I don't fucking this care. Week. Yeah, right, I'll be ready for them. What, what is my main characteristic? If there's one defining characteristic of me, Sam Delaney, right? It is the fact that I am always ready and look on the lookout for Millwall's tricks. Right. I was going to say that you don't think about the possible outcome of any situation. <laughs> no, the opposite <laughs> of that when it comes to Millwall. <ay> I'm going to say 2-1 Brentford. Okay. Yeah, 
that's it. That's Come the end of this episode and the end of this week. Yeah. Keep your emails coming in. Are you still recording? Yeah, I am. Yeah, just double checking that. For that. Remember to sign up to the newsletter. Yeah. It is at tinyletter.com slash TFTM. It's right? a treat. And, it's a tonic for the eyes. It's really good. And when you when you subscribe, I will send you out the letter because some miserable bastard's going, why didn't I get the letter as soon as I subscribed? Yeah, you'll fucking get it. There's a, there's a fucking archive thing on the page for it. You can click on all the previous I know, the but these letters. people, they want you to do everything. Don't fucking, fucking send them out. Send them out when it their comes. Fucking hell. All right, tell her. Piss me right off that ass. See you, dickheads. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.